I've started this podcast series because I want to try and explain to myself as much as anyone else what it means to live by and through words and how it is they bring me comfort and solace and why it is I write every day because I must. It's a compulsion. A reading life, a writing life. With writer and teacher Sally Bailey. Produced by Andrew Smith. I've been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. I'm having to travel through the, the valley of death, as they say. The area where I still find clarity is when I start speaking about literature. It prepares us for the worst case scenario. So perhaps that is why I'm not afraid of dying. So the kettle's on. I've just got up. I'm looking outside my boat. The river has always got some silver in it. Silvery brown. Very slowly moving. Like it's thinking. Slow, sluggish thoughts. You watch the river for long enough, you feel as though you've become part of it. I'm standing by my kitchen sink which always feels a bit like my cinema screen. I'm watching the tree, the reflection, shimmering underneath the water. The moorhens are nesting on the other side and they're bobbing about with their red punky heads. They look like 1980s pop stars, like Toya Wilcoxes, bobbing by with her red headdress on, her dyed hair. There's the kettle. First cup of the morning. My name's Sally, Sally Bailey, and I'm a writer and teacher of literature and creative writing. So the first thing I should say to you is I live on a boat about a mile south of Oxford city centre as the crow flies. My boat is a traditional narrow boat, steel hull, wooden um, surround, fairly well insulated and my students come to my boat. I teach four or five students a week. I give them a set of directions. It's a bit like a treasure hunt. Can we find Sally's boat? Um, I like because it's quite difficult to find. It's not obvious and it's not on Google Maps and I would say about 80% of them manage to find me. <laughs> The water pump. I'm pumping out my water after my shower. Quite the event on my boat. And there's a little switch to the side of my sink and I'm watching my sink and it's spurting and spluttering and talking to me. It's pushing out the water into the river. find it very comforting that sound like 
You see, all around us we have rhythm and sound, and at the moment I'm very sensitive to the kinds of sounds I want to hear. The water pump growls, it has its own verb. The bath, when I release water from the bath through that pump, um, I would say it gulps loudly, so that's a gulping pump. So I've learned to read the texture of rain too, the heaviness, the weight of the drops on the roof, and the it's like percussion, boat percussion. All writing and all thinking is related to rhythm. It's how I write. I listen to sounds and I convert them into rhythms and um, it's the beginning of writing. It's the lyrical impulse. That's how I see it anyway. Goodbye, water. So, I've started this podcast series, which sounds very grand, doesn't it? Because I want to try and explain to myself, as much as anyone else, what it means to live by and through words, and how it is they bring me comfort and solace, and why it is I read as much as I try to read, and why it is I write every day, because I must. It's a compulsion. And why I enjoy sharing my love of words with my students, because I do. We write because we want to share the words that travel through us. And we read because we want to be joined up to others. We read because we don't want to be alone. We want to feel with and for others. So this is going to be um, a series of audio diaries about my life spent among the depths of language, really. My unconscious self is partly submerged and I visit it, I think I visit it anyway, in my dreams. And my dreams become the substance of my writing life, or they seem to become the substance of my writing life. I think to write, or to try to write, is in itself um, a manifestation of a kind of dream, a kind of dream state. So this is a podcast series about words and living close to words, but also living in close contact with nature. I live entirely off-grid, meaning I have no mains supply of electricity. I rely upon solar panels. I'm beginning to learn the mathematics of sunlight, what tilt or angle my panels must be at. I'm learning to live by the rhythms of nature, the cycles of day and night, light and dark. So on this podcast, I will also share some difficult things. A recent diagnosis I've had, an autoimmune disease, I'm still beginning to understand it, only just starting to understand it. All I know now is that I have to continue to read and to write and to build my relationship to nature because it soothes and calms me and it eases my mood. I see more clearly after I've read. I hear more easily. And when I look out my window at the sky and the trees and the meadow, I can breathe more easily too. 
I'm watching a, an insect. There's so many insects at the moment. Insect life is very strong on the boat. The daddy long legs are giving birth at the moment. They're populating this boat. My little neighbour next door is very afraid of daddy long legs. I think they're perfectly harmless, silly creatures scattering and scuttling around. I've been thinking a lot about insects recently with my reading of Virginia Woolf's shorter pieces of fiction, which is informing my my own work, my own writing. I've been rereading Death of a Moth, her interest in the minute and minute forms of life, of which insects are obviously one very definite example. It's interesting living on a boat, everything everything small seems large, so I'm watching this little fly crawl across my porthole. He's covering a lot of terrain. It rained actually about half an hour or so ago. There was a there was a heavy shower, so there's the windows are covered in water watery spots which he's now travelling over. The birds were very loud. After the rain fell, the birds came out to sing. I've got to teach Virginia Woolf in a few hours. This morning I was thinking what makes a novel because Virginia Woolf in some ways doesn't really write novels. She writes sets of propelling feelings, I think. Um, she writes the inner world out with all of its outbursts and all of its prejudice. Her novels are mostly in internal monologue form, which I suppose is what I'm doing here. I'm trying to externalise myself by narrating into this microphone some of the things I'm thinking. And I'm one of the pressures upon me is what order to put my thoughts in. I went to sleep last night reading Virginia Woolf's essay on being ill, and it's still running around in my brain, the corridors of my brain. Something she says about Hamlet. This is in um, On Being Ill. I had to look it up this morning, her essay. Hamlet, one reads once, then one is Hamlet. And how can one explain what one is? One can but be it. The critic sees something moving and vanishing in Hamlet. As in a glass, one sees the reflection of oneself. And it is this which forbids us to feel that the centre is solid and holds firm whatever our successive readings lay upon it. So in that sense, there isn't really a solid centre. She's right, I think, because our mind is always dissolving. The thoughts in our mind are always dissolving and changing and evaporating and reforming. I've been thinking a lot about how much time I spend alone and how much I want to spend alone as somebody who writes and reads and spends a lot of time producing, I hope, some articulate thoughts for my students, helping them articulate their thoughts more to the point. I wrote this last night in response to this idea of there being no solid centre to our lives, inspired by that thought on Hamlet from Virginia Woolf. 
How much of life is spent alone with our thoughts? Those brain warts. How much of what we sense remains unexpressed? If we uttered everything we heard or saw, touched or smelt, truly felt, we would never act, never be in the world. To be or not to be. We cannot all play Hamlet. The washing would never get done. Still, life is chiefly made of unspoken moments. Looking into the heart of light, the silence. All those times we do not say the thing we wish to. I love you. I hate you. Go away. But how do we manage the roaring silence? For the script inside our head babbles and babbles on. The mountain rises and spills over. Consciousness. She is volcanic. Who contains that fiery dragon? The diary, the letter, the scribbled note, the few cards written and sent. Those not written and sent. The notebook you start and then leave somewhere with, oh, nothing profound, don't worry. But you do worry at your attempt to be sincere self to self. The white sheets locked up inside a drawer we forget or pretend to forget until we cease to be. Then the secret's out. Your other lives, your adulteries. I wonder what would have happened if Hamlet had kept a diary. Thank you for listening to A Reading Life, A Writing Life with writer and teacher Sally Bailey produced by Andrew Smith In each episode of this series we'll drop in on Sally to hear about daily life on the boat a life spent surrounded by nature reading, writing, teaching students and talking to her friends and fellow authors about literature and life. We'll hear how she writes and why she writes, what she's reading and how it inspires and informs her writing and the way she lives her life. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please like it, give us a review or mention us to friends or on social media. Thank you.